Happy New Year, everybody. The Sharks beat the worst team in the NHL after giving up two goals but scoring five straight. If that's the key to a happy new year, here we are. Hey, boys and girls, how you guys doing on this beautiful New Year's Day? Oh, you gotta love it. It's an after dark takeover. God damn! Only one more of these. One more jerk. Are you? Are you jacked? Are you juiced? Are you pumped? <laughs> uh, I am. Uh, let's see. Thrilled. I am pleased. I am tickled. Uh, at the fact that there's only one more of these, and what's even sweeter is it's another sort of early the, start. I was gonna say, sort of the uh, you know the uh, the old the old sugar on the pancake, if you will, is uh, another 4 p.m. Pacific start for that one on January 22nd. So, you know, uh, <laughs> can I get a huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> la- like last year, it was like. I think every Sunday of whatever month it was, February or January it might have been, or March, oh, it was a, it was a takeover, and it was Seven either o'clock games. Yeah, it was like it was nonsense last year. So I'm very, <laughs> it was some very bullshit. happy, very happy that we got a we got a good draw, you know this this time around. I mean, the only crappy one was the one from two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, so well, here I think here's my uh, response to it. Oh, there it is. Crack them if you got them, people. No free ads. <laughs> Welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored commercial free sharks podcast. That is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. We got four games to wrap for you. But first, oh, you know it, you love it. If you're new to the podcast, subscribe using that subscription button there on the YouTube channel. If you want, we have social media. Uh, we're not forcing, we're not charging you to be a fan for us. <laughs> Uh, but you can keep us commercial free by using the super chat option if you'd like during the live shows, or better yet, Venmo. You can find us at Teal Town USA if you want to throw something in the tip jar. But again, we're not charging you. We're not forcing you to be a fan. If you're so, not, oh, go ahead. I was so what you're saying is that there will be no uh, tithe necessary to be a part of this club, if you will. There you go. If you're not with us live, you can add your takes to the YouTube comments section. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, make sure to subscribe there. Leave a review if possible, especially on Apple. That goes a long way and really helps us out. So we appreciate that when you do that. Oh, let's go. The weekly wrap, if you will. Sharks played four games this week. They pick up three of eight points going one, two, and one against the Canucks, Flyers, Stars, and Blackhawks. Through 39 games this season, they are 12, 20, and 7 with 31 points. Currently 7th in the division, uh, I want to say 29th (laughs) in the league by points percentage. But I was kind of busy during this game. I was tracking some things. But uh, for this week, what had happened was some blown leads, some horrific special teams, and Dan Quinn is pissed, or at least he says so during one of the post games. But... The way it works here, as you know, for the returning people, when we take over, we cover the game you just saw. So 
It's a 5-2 victory for the San Jose Sharks. Kakening comes back in net. Chicago lost in Columbus yesterday. The Sharks lost in Dallas yesterday. Chicago one win in their last 12 games. Oh, I guess now that would be 13. That's uh, <laughs> so bad. Dude, both playing their third game in four nights. Mrazic comes into this 5 nothing, 5-0 and oh versus San Jose, even after nearly getting killed by Joe Thornton. And now it's 5-1. and one. So, um, let me ju- let me start here. Chichek is sure. recalled before the game. We all saw Shimmick get bounced in the in that game versus Dallas when he had that reverse hit versus Marchment. Mm-hmm. If Chichek is getting called up, especially with this back to back, and is this like a purely paper transaction, or do you think that's a signal for Shimmick maybe being out for longer than expected, especially when you got like the next four days off? I you know I think it could be both because obviously. You know, they they knew pretty early on that Shimmick wasn't going to be an option for tonight's game. And so it, it's nice to have Chichek already uh, already in the lineup or I'm sorry, not the lineup already called up to the NHL roster just because we've seen it so many times before. You know, somebody takes a puck off the head and warm ups, they take a spill into the boards and oh, crap, all of a sudden they can't play. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's good to sort of have that option there just in case. But you know, again, considering, like you said, the Sharks don't play again until Friday. So if anything, that was probably calling up Chichek was probably just a, you know, a just in case kind of situation. And then he'll go back down uh, until Thursday or Friday if he is still needed, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't have the Barracuda schedule in front of me, but I'm assuming they play some between now and next Friday. So who knows? We'll see what happens. <laughs> wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing Merkley get like a call up, but then again, it's mm-hmm. like, eh, what's really going to, the only reason why worth calling Merkley up for is if he's actually going to play. I, I don't know that Chichek will. Right. And, and, you know, uh, the Barracuda, they do play on Wednesday uh, against the Silver Knights, but I, I'm kind of with you. You know, I, w- I would like to see Ryan Merkley called up just because it, it, regardless of the team or the player or anything like that, it's always, you know, if if you're rooting for somebody, it always kind of sucks to see them be a fixture in the NHL one year and then the next year they go back down. You know what I mean? Because it kind of feels feels like backwards progress, if that makes sense. Um, but I I you know I kind of have the mindset, and I'm sure you do as well. You play Merkley in the NHL. I mean, it's not like it's not like things can get any worse. You know. <laughs> you don't think, huh? <laughs> I mean, they're they're 29th in the NHL. I mean, yeah, they could fall to 32nd, and that would technically be worse. But I'm rooting for that. You know, but they're they're in sort of that cluster of really shitty teams. You know, so it doesn't really matter what they do. You know. Yeah. So uh, tonight's game versus the Blackhawks, kind of a bland first period. Uh, I mean, what did it do? The end of the period, it was what like 10 to one shots on goal. In- yeah, or the Sharks dominated early on. Yeah, but not a lot of quality looks, and they weren't looking mm-hmm. for that back door that seemed to have been working for them an awful lot at the beginning of this week. Right. So I was kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, they kind of, I mean, they kind of found that a little bit. I mean, on on the, the Vlasic goal was a little bit of a backdoor play, and then um, 
Well, even, but I'm talking the first period. Sure, sure. But it to your point, it kind of seems like they eventually figured it out. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the funny thing, of course, for tonight, some interesting firsts, I guess, maybe for me. Um, I've never seen a, a goalie break his stick in that fashion that Kakinen did in the second period. I've never I don't know. I can't say that I've ever seen a goalie stick break naturally. Yeah, that was that was quite odd. You know, I've seen a goalie smash it like over the post. <laughs> Hello, Pecorine. <laughs> but, you know, very, very rarely, I think, do you ever see it break naturally. And obviously, goalie stick a bit thicker than the regular player stick. But I don't know. Did you did you feel like on that goal, like Kane, did you feel like maybe one of the Sharks defensemen should have given up their stick to Kako? Kakinen? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, dude, Kane came in hot. I mean, Kakinen was screwed on that one. Right. But to what you're saying, I, yeah, somebody should have handed it off or at the very least Kappa should have been just like, you know, Hey, twig dude, hand it over. I don't know. But anyway, it's a one Oh lead at that point. And the Sharks had one shot on goal through the first seven minutes of the second period. In fact, our buddy Pashelka tweeted up, the Sharks had 10 shots on goal in the first seven minutes of the game and then had five shots over the next 20. And so at that point, I'm going, well, you can't score if you don't shoot. At least that's what I've heard. Many people are saying. Right. Then Lafferty well, buries the backdoor pass while Harrington goes starfish, and it's 2-0. <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, all right, so it's going to be one of those. Yeah, I, again, to your point, it, it seemed like the first period was very low energy, and then you get to the second period, and it seemed like the same sort of, I don't even know what you want to call it, just poor choices, right? I mean, again, we talked about, like, I would have, I think, obviously, the way that the way that Kakinen was positioned on that Kane goal, you'd think having a stick in his hand would help. But also there's a there's a situational awareness there. But also to your point on the Lafferty goal, the the Starfish, any time the Starfish has ever worked, it's been by chance. That is not a skill play, right? <laughs> so like you know, so I, I just don't, you don't know say. <laughs> I don't know why that's a well that players on this team keep going back to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, whatever it's some, some it's, it's some, a choice for sure at some point that'll be coached out once I brent, mean, one, once brent burns becomes the defensive coach for the sharks that'll be coached out right i mean you thought you thought with bob bugner getting released you thought it would be coached out oh <laughs> so i mean they're up 10-0 on the shot counter and then with six left in the second, all of a sudden, it's 15-15, and you're like, okay, here comes Chicago. But, bizarrely enough, everybody crashes the net. We're not sure if it's Hurdle. We're not sure if it's Gadjevic, but ends up being Gadjevic. He gets one back, and you're like going, okay, so the Sharks are going to make it interesting, but who knows. But then 40 seconds later, Vlasic ties it with one off the boot, first goal of the year. And all of a sudden, it's a tie game, and you're going, if you're a Bedard fan, you're going, God damn it! You know what I thought was <laughs> was funny in watching that? So, 
when they when the goal for Gadjevich went in, I, I again because of just how goofy the whole play was, I was very much thinking like, okay, this is this is going to be a situation where like, oh, you get a dirty one, and you think, yeah, okay, we're right there, and then Chicago's going to score immediately after, and, and the same lead is going to be restored, right? I and <laughs> maybe this season has turned me into like a pessimist, but like. I'm I'm honestly very surprised uh, at the second period the Sharks had. I mean to for for forget taking the lead. I mean just to tie it up, right? <laughs> oh, you right. And like you said, you know that Vlasic goal was was that backdoor play that you were kind of looking for. Exactly. It was like oh they remembered it. And the we have some couple quotes coming in now. Vlasic on what he's going to do with his goal puck from his 1200th game. The funny thing, of course, being if you watch the broadcast, he grabbed that puck and he was holding on to it the whole time that they were reviewing. Right. Yeah, I I, I loved seeing that as <laughs> soon as he got a good goal, tossed it right to the trainer. Yeah, he's will tape it, put it in my bag. But Vlasic says, eh, I'll probably play street hockey with my dogs with it or they'll steal it, put a hole in it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love it. You You, you did so much. To make sure you held on to it for that long, and that's what you're going to do with it? Like, you don't have a bajillion other pucks to do that with? But okay, hey, do do you. Well, I feel like that's such, like... Fucking frame like it after it's all slobbered and chewed up. I feel like that's kind of a veteran move, too, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, dude, absolutely. Like, <laughs> like, just, oh, you know, like, as soon as the goal went in, like, I think they had said on the broadcast... Oh, you know, Vlasic knew right away, blah, blah, that it, you know, when they were calling it a no goal. Oh, Vlasic knew right away, all this kind of stuff. And I'm looking, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, I, I think it's the opposite. I think it's more like, really, we have to go through all these theatrics. Like, I didn't kick that shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, boy. So Vlasic ties it up first of the year. Meyer ends up back with the hurdle in LeBanc line. I was kind of wondering why that wasn't a thing for a while, but towards the end of the second, it's back to being a thing. They get, a, eh, at least in my mind, some few better looks, but then your boy, Barabanov, yes, sir. taking the lead with the, dude, a very soft backhand. Like, Mrazic came out first half of this game, he was keeping Chicago in it, and then, dude, the fucking wheels fell off for him. Yeah, he. I, I, I was very much thinking the first half of this game. I was very much thinking like, yeah, the Sharks are gonna get goalied here, you know. Oh, dude! And then he gives up the soft rebound to Barabanov, so the Sharks take the lead. And then the next two goals are just rebounds that he needs to have. Those were, I mean, Meyer bearing a rebound off of a Harrington shot, which Morazic should have had, and then Svechnikov buries another one, and it's game over. Well, and and did you notice, uh, you know, um, not obviously the only one that would fall under the sort of backdoor descriptor that you were talking about would be the Vlasic goal. But did you notice how all five of these goals were in and around the side of the net? Oh, dude, like everything was like within five feet of the paint. Right. But, and so I, but I mean, I, they start, you know, a couple of them, like I'm saying, they start with shots up high, but it's no, of course, those Morazic rebounds. It's like. But you've got guys that are there to bury him, right? And 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 you know, even though those other four four goals, obviously, you know, I I don't know that you could classify them as as backdoor goals, but it's kind of 
maybe backdoor adjacent, right? And I think to the point you were making a week ago, like, hey, something is clearly working here. Like, you might as well exploit it until you can't. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Tony Couture in the chat coming in saying, Blackhawks collapsed, let the Sharks dominate last half of the game. Hawks are looking extremely discombobulated with no team chemistry and stink. And it's, well, and that will lead you to being the worst team in the NHL. I was going to say, like, people... I don't know. People talk about how bad the Sharks are, and they are. Don't get me wrong. But that team is, like, it's oh. brutal. And, and, and you know, they even on the broadcast. It's Sully's the, the good name of shit show. <laughs> well, well, and they're not. They're the only team that doesn't have double digits and wins yep. currently. Mm-hmm. And, like, even Arizona's better than them. And, <laughs> and that's yeah. saying something, right? Right. And, and now... I don't know. They just there. An interesting choice was made uh, last summer. You know, I understand. Like I said, you know, going through their rebuild, right? Which very obvious that that team needed to go through a rebuild. I understand that. But the 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 big pieces that they had gotten rid of, right? Alex DeBrinket is twenty five. <sighs> Dylan Strom is twenty five. Uh, Dominic Kubalik, I believe, is twenty four or twenty five. Um, so what the Kirby, fuck are they doing Kirby, there? Kirby Doc, is, I believe, is 22. So it's like... What are they doing? I, I, again, I look at this and I think, man, you know, they're shitty right now, but these guys are still young enough to where if you turn it around, like, they can be part of the solution. Right. And so I'm kind of... Now I'm thinking, like, do they just have zero hope whatsoever? Well, dude, and Seth Jones is nothing to sneeze at. No, Seth... Well, I feel like... I kind of feel like Seth Jones is why they're in sort of this bind, if you will, right? Because they traded for Seth Jones last summer, and they gave up, like, two first-round picks and a defenseman prospect and, like, they, yeah, a, a bucket full of assets. And so, obviously, as good as Seth Jones is, you know, made their team worse. And so I kind of feel like... Trading away, you know, they got a first for Doc, a first for Debrinket. I kind of feel like trading away these guys was very much like, you know, we we screwed ourselves on the Seth Jones deal. Now we kind of have to basically screw ourselves somewhere else to <laughs> make to make up for the Seth Jones deal, right? Sure. But and then again, and this was a conversation that was had, uh, you know, over the summer, especially leading up to the draft. But Dylan's, you know, Dylan Strom again. 25 years old was a restricted free agent and they just let him go. And he's on pace for like 65 points this year with the capitals. Dominic Kubelik, same kind of thing was a pending restricted free agent. They didn't send him a QO. They just let him go. And same thing on pace for 65 ish points with the Red Wings. So you don't want to keep these players. That's perfectly fine. Trade them for something. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Right? And, and Larry in the chat saying Kane and Taze have one foot out the door. I, I'm totally shocked that they didn't push to be moved before this season started. They saw the roadmap. Well, I think it's a, as far as I know, it's a it's a salary cap thing. Like, oh, they just waiting for keep getting that that value lower and lower. <laughs> exactly, you know, because by the by the trade deadline, you know, I like there's there's two ways to look at it, right? If you're a team that can afford it, mm-hmm. go after someone as soon as you recognize that you need them, right? But at the same time, from Chicago's perspective, the longer they hold on to them, they're just keep 
you know, decreasing uh, the money owed, right? And so Mm -hmm. eventually they'll be really cheap, retain them at 50%. Another team will retain them. You know, how I understand it is that Kane is more likely to go than Taves is. Um, I sort of have a, I don't know that I want to call it a conspiracy theory, more of a prediction. Break out the team foil. I'm kind of thinking like, you know, I mean, the Rangers, good young team, right? Mm. Kind of could use a, an elite veteran, which Patrick Kane is. And just so happens that one of Kane's line mates the year he won the Hart Trophy happens to be on the Rangers. I don't know if you've heard of him, Artemi Panarin. So it rings a bell. To me, I kind of sort of put the puzzle pieces together and I'm like, hmm, maybe there's something there, you know? Yeah, well, the fact of the matter is they have three cups over the last 22 years to, or the 12 years to cry into. So that's fine. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't think anybody is upset for them, but just. Yeah, you've from won an, 25% of the cups over the last 12 years. <laughs> right. But from an outside perspective, right, you just take a look and you're like, Jesus Christ, they're so bad. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Chiefs still got their 10, 12, and 15 championship shirts. Yeah, I so, mean, those like those will never go away, right? That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, as long as they're spelled correctly. That was before Fanatics started making stuff. But, <laughs> you know, if Chicago really wanted to win this, I don't know how they don't, but how do you not put in vaunted Sharks killer in net Alex Stalock? Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to win the game, yeah, I would have. But I'm just saying. Because they all love Stalock, so they've been like, nah, we're not going to scar on you. We like you too much. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another one where the Sharks special teams, which is going to be kind of an overarching thing of, of the show tonight because it was certainly mentioned enough. The Sharks drew penalties early on in this game. They get two in the first. They get one very early in the third because Chicago gets called for hella dudes. And they get the first three power plays. 0 for 3. I don't even know that they got two shots on goal in all three of those. It it's it's it is so bipolar this this power play. Right. And so you, it, at that point I'm going, oh, crap, here we go again. <laughs> but it's the Sharks draw penalties, they don't cash in, and then tonight let's be honest. There was some kind of some fluky goals. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's that rebound that Meyer buries, the Svechnikov rebound. You, you, you're not going to see too many goalies give up ones like that. The, uh, what was it? The the that softy from Barabanov. I mean, hoof. To the Sharks' credit, though, I mean, you know, making the most out of your opportunities, right? Oh, absolutely. Like the Gadjevic one, like nobody could see who where that puck was coming from. So that I'll give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Vlasic one. You know, <laughs> they the could have went either way. I, it's one of those times where I'm going, oh, boy, they're going to review that. Yeah, as soon as I saw it, I'm going, well, he doesn't kick it. He's trying to stop, and it glances off of him. Yeah. And Randy and Drew were talking about, you know, he, he's obviously, if anything, he's trying to, like, settle it to get it up to a stick. Mm-hmm. But I'm going, well, how often does San Jose win these? <laughs> so and you could even hear, like, the negativity in Randy and Drew. Like, they're just going to, well, you know, once they call this back, they'll still only be down one goal, and then all of a sudden the surprise, the shock and awe in Randy's voice. The NHL has said, that's a goal? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? I was, 
I was very unsure on how things were going to fall with that one until until I saw the angle from uh, the camera they have on the jumbotron because from from way up you know that high you can tell right away that the puck hits off of him like in the you know through the the motion of him trying to stop up right yeah, it's like a glancing was, blow right there was no kick whatsoever so as soon as I to me you could have showed me just that one and I would have been like yeah that's goal you know what I mean yeah it's uh not it, at not one point did Vlasic say can I kick it <laughs> right uh Ricky I kind of I kind of like Ricky's coming in the chat it says I'm despondent this team just not suck enough to get Bedard. Carlson is a curse. Trade him right fucking now. Because <laughs> Carlson is single-handedly keeping this team filled with hope. No, but you know what? It's good because if you are on team trade Carlson, don't you want him to look really, really good? Y yes. But you also think, like, where would this Sharks team be if they had Carlson from last season? You know what I mean? Well, shit, I mean, where if, he's he like, what did Brody say on the cast that he's in on forty five percent of the goals that have been scored so far? Yeah, I believe it. So you take that factor out of it. Hey, uh, I mean, I <laughs> what, just where, I, what, what's the record rate? Twelve, twenty, and seven, dude. You take that out of it. I would say Carlson's probably responsible for half six of those Sharks twelve wins. And, well, and again, and, and, and again, and you might be able to debate me debate that number even higher. Well, well, I'll tell you this. He's got 13 goals this year. Three of them are game winners. So, oh, it, or is that what you call high value on the <laughs> module? Yeah, that's exactly what that is. And even you know, like a lot of his goals, you know, I mean, if you really want to get into it, 13 goals, 11 of them are high value. Dude, hey, you want to talk about high value tonight? Barabanov, your boy. Yeah, and and, and you know what? I I kind of look at it sort of shoe on the other foot, right? If the Sharks were getting this Eric Carlson, and I hate to do the whole, I hate to say what if, right? Yeah, of course. But the, if the Sharks were getting this Eric Carlson a few years ago, oh yeah, you know, so three and a half specifically. Oh, 2019. Maybe Ooh. no, no, that's not even where I'm gonna go. Oh, okay, whip it out. I know what I know what you're saying, mm -hmm. but maybe you know, maybe Brent Burns, who's coming off of a career best season. Is traded a little bit sooner. Oh, solid point. For more pieces in return. Solid point. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I think we can kind of put a bow on this. It's a 5-2 victory for San Jose. What? Uh, boy, I'm trying to think. Is that, uh, what, their fourth win in their last 12 games for the month of, or, yeah, in their last 12 games? It was just a 13th game now that we're in January? Yeah, it's... Uh... As they say, not it's, good. It's been a minute. Yeah, they've won four. I mean, they've won four of their last ten. So there you go. So that's the game. That's the wrap versus Chicago. Uh, if anything, look, three stars. Barabanov, hey, first star, baby. How how does he get first star and Eric Carlson gets second? I don't know. Interesting. Couture third star. I'm surprised they didn't throw. One at Vlasic. Had that been a home game, Vlasic's getting a star. And that point that you just made, while I do agree with it, is exactly why three stars, I think, is the stupidest thing ever. Oh, dude, it's so, 
stupid. But well, I'm, I'm dying to know. Somebody needs to let me know when that has to be submitted by. Is that like with 10 minutes left in the third? Yeah, I have no clue. I, do, I have I, no idea. I got to know what that, what that submission rate is because I don't know how many times I've seen the three stars and I'm like, what the, f-? you know, like how does this person not equate into there? But whatever. Hey, Big Bird. Oh, dude. Big Bird just shut you out, dude. I got a happy new year. You did not. Well, that's okay. I it's mean, all right. on a different podcast, I could go on and on about how celebrating New Year's Eve is stupid. But <laughs> Everything is stupid to hockey joke. <laughs> uh, that's only partially true. All right. So, in fact, saying that was stupid. <laughs> right? So, the, the, sure. sh- <laughs> the Sharks started off the week. Let's get to the beginning of the week. Start off the week at Vancouver. It's a 6-2 loss. It's Reimer's third straight start. Spencer getting a start for Vancouver. One of the rare times that both teams go reverse retro. And I got to be honest, thank God that's over. Really? For, at least for the Sharks. Yeah, I, I'm just not a big fan of the, the Seals reverse retro. I like them. I'm just, I'm, I think it had it been spread out over the course of the season, I might have embraced it a little bit more. But the fact that it was so condensed, where they they played like eight games, and seven of them were in December. Well, not only that, but I think... And, and, and again, let's be honest. Kind of tips as a, as a cash grab. Like, yeah, let's wear the hell out of these between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Sure. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I just see I more take the right like the, you know, Jersey nerd slash historian approach to it. Um, and, and we talked about it. I don't know when we talked about all the reverse retro jerseys, but how are you not wearing this jersey against teams that the seals called rivals back in the day you know what i mean well yeah but that's i mean dude that just goes back to the silliness of the 25th anniversary heritage jerseys when the schedule came out they were only wearing them like what like four times first it was three it was three and three. then they petitioned to and, get it to five yeah but it was three but if memory serves i know at least one, if not two, but I know at least one of the teams that they were playing it against didn't fucking exist when those jerseys did. Yeah, it was Columbus, Columbus, Detroit. No, Ottawa. Detroit was not one of the first ones because that's what caused the no, up no, the the right the no right shit I'm, storm. No, I'm more I'm just more just rattling off who they played. Oh, okay. it was it was Columbus, Detroit, Ottawa, Calgary, and Pittsburgh. Those were not in that order, but those are the teams they played. Okay. But just just the fact that initially Detroit wasn't involved, I'm like, how do you wear your most iconic jersey and not wear them against the team that you had your most iconic playoff against? Like somebody somewhere in the promotions department or whatever screwed up royally. But well, anyway, and we should no, we should and, probably divert from this. <laughs> no, but but you're you're right because again, like you know, you want to put some history on it, right? Like. Wear it against Calgary, right? Wear it against Calgary, Detroit, Dallas, Dallas, yeah, uh, even L.A. or Colorado. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't. And even same, same with this one. You know, we went through. We literally listed off who the Seals' divisional divisional opponents were. It was L.A. I believe it was Vancouver, and I believe it was the Boston. (laughs) Or I'm sorry, it was the Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. And it's like you're telling me you couldn't have 
found it in there somewhere. You know? <laughs> no, it certainly wasn't Philly. Right. But anyway, uh, the Vancouver game, your scratches, Gadjevic and Shimmick, that makes sense, fine. Uh, special teams, Sharks go one for two, and they kill off the one penalty that they allowed. So on that front, you're going, all right, we're all good. We're all good. But Horvat would open the scoring. Pedersen scores on the doorstep. Uh, it's and and then with a minute left, the Sharks draw power play, and Meyer would tip in an EK sixty five shot pass, and that's great. Meyer with goals in five straight. It's another backdoor for San Jose. The Sharks power play is kind of staying hot, at least in that regard. But let's be honest, Vancouver's penalty kill is shit. Don't don't trust me. Go to NHL.com and take a look. <laughs> Accurate. But, yeah, but it's you know ends up being a four point four point night. For uh, what's the chief's name? McKayev. <laughs> there you go. So I mean, the the sharks to me were just completely outmatched, out hustled, outworked. Five sharks finished dash three. And you know it's bad when no post game media was or uh, yeah, none of the media hits from the post game were posted to the sharks channel. I thought that was a little sus. <laughs> uh, so the only thing from here is Meyer gets his 300th NHL point, 20th goal of the season. Does he hit 40, bro? Uh, Timo, yeah, absolutely, he does. There you I go. Mean, we, I mean, he scored. I mean, I know we already talked about, it, but he scored tonight too. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. You know, he he's on a pace like we thought last year was awesome, which it was. Don't get me Dude, wrong. What's his pace but... right now? Like 43. Right now, uh, if he stays at this pace, uh, 44. There you go. Which would be, you know, I I think would, would fill, uh, it would uh, fulfill a prophecy that you and I have been bandering about for <laughs> for a little while now. But and we won't get credit for it. That's okay. No, it's okay. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I There's, and maybe you're with me on this or maybe you're not, but... I feel like the Sharks have been so bad this year, which we've talked about. Like, mm. I, I, I find myself, because the Sharks, it, they're just sort of going through the motions. We know what they are. We know what this roster is, and and that's that. I found myself kind of, you know, reading the tea leaves, like, on other teams. You know, the teams the Sharks play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of... What it's led me to is like, it seems like every team has got some kind of something going on, whether it's controversy or something interesting to watch or, you know, just anything notable, right? And you compare that to the Sharks where it's like, the, it just feels like, like, okay, yeah, it's Sunday and the Sharks play. <laughs> and that's really it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? No, you're right. Let's move on to the Philly game. It's a 4-3 overtime loss. This is another one of those games where the Sharks... The kick in the dick. Dude. Well, I go, let, let's just go back to tonight for a second. They give up the first two goals and then rally back for a win. Is that maybe the third time that's happened this year? Um, A two-goal deficit and they come back to win? I'd be I'm interested in... I think it was that high. Yeah. <laughs> See, I thought three was the sweet spot, but I do, who knows? So <clears throat> if somebody wants in the chat wants to look that up for me, that'd be great. Uh, so versus Philadelphia, again, 4-3, loss in overtime. This is another one where they had a 3-1 lead. Mm -hmm. and coughed it up, cacking in back in the net. Uh, Philly, 
same record over the previous 10 coming into this. They're both 3-5-2. and two. Philly starts Samuel Arison in net, and I'm like, who? Oh, because it's only his second NHL start ever. So, of course, he gets a victory because the Sharks love giving brand-new goalies like their first taste of success. It happens. Yeah, Greg- and that's fine. Yeah, yeah uh, Gregor gets scratched in this. I, I don't understand. Gregor was scratched for three straight this week, and I don't understand why because one of the our buddy Pashelka had an article earlier in this week, and it talked about how slow the Sharks are. They're just a slow team. They don't have any much in the way of speed on their team. Sure. Well, you know who they do have when it comes to speed is Gregor. I would argue is probably the fastest Shark. Yeah, he's up there for sure. Why is he not playing? I mean, who uh, who who is faster than Gregor? I would say maybe Nico Sturm. Really? Yeah. Ooh, but I don't know uh, but again, that. but again, that's one guy, right? Sure. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, is there is there any like? There's room for both. You know what I mean? As as Curtis's article mentioned, you know, there's room for both, and I mean it's tough, right? Because you sort of like, I think the natural instinct is to try and put Gregor somewhere in the bottom of the lineup. Right. And, but you know, I like like Lorenz, uh, and Sturm. I've liked what they've brought. I'm not pulling them out, obviously. So I mean, I'm not a big Lorenz guy, but okay. But, but again, like Lorenz, like his, you know, the, the expectations are so low. So it's like, you know, he's do he's doing what he needs to do. I'm not tripping on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm more looking at, like, I mean, Cunnan's not in the lineup, so he's a, uh, it's not a fair one to point out, right? But you could look at Svechnikov or Benino. Just, I, I think what they've done points-wise is fine. You know, like, if you're just staring at the player, you know, I think it's fine. But if you're sort of looking at how high they're playing in the lineup, right? I mean, again, like... Svechnikov, he's got eight points in 31 games, which the ty- that type of player and that money, that's a that's good. That, like, that's what you want from a player like that. But he's playing up in the lineup. So based on that merit, you'd be expecting more, right? And you're not getting it. And sure. same and same thing with Nick Benino. Like what he's done, it's decent, but how high he is in the lineup, you need more. Same thing with Matt Nieto, right? And so that's not to say that Gregor is going to be better than all three of those guys, but I have a hard time understanding how he's going to be worse than any of those guys. Well, dude, and my whole thing is, is how up until like what a week and a half ago, why is it, why would he be a worse option than Limbaugh? Right. But and, all, and, all of a sudden Limbaugh starts putting up points, you know, I was going to say Limbaugh kind of sticking it to you a little dude, bit. Zero again. bump baby. <laughs> but, and, and again, like if even, with Lindbaum, like I know he's been probably the most disappointing forward up to this point, but the the talent is still there, right? Mm-hmm. With all, all these guys they're trying with Couture and Meyer, like I would give Lindblom a, a try. You know what I mean? Like a, another try. I mean, I kind of feel like they've gone through the whole rotation this season. Maybe they need to get back to the top of the order kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I still, you know, you know this. I mean, I've talked about it quite a bit this season. I'm still expecting Noah Gregor to be traded at the deadline just because for some reason David Quinn hates him. And <laughs> Chateau Bow Wow. Right. And just, you know, with with the players the Sharks have under contract currently, but also the guys who are going to graduate onto the team next year, 
it just logistically doesn't seem like it's going to work out, you know? Yeah. Uh, so to kind of finish off the Philly game, Meyer gets a six-point game streak going. I mean, th- th- dude, the big boys are making noise. You know, it's it's the Carlson and Meyer show right now. It is what it is. But I will say, dude, when Philly tied this game up, and then Randy Hahn, as it's going, is well, Philly coming into the, to to, to uh, into the game tonight are zero and seven in the overtime in the extra frame, and I'm like, oh well, they're about to be one and seven. <laughs> San Jose loves you know fixing bad streaks. And- well, and I feel like not only that, but it it seems to me like any time any time they've squandered a lead late and gone to overtime, it feels like they just lose you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah the air is let out of the balloon right i've ne- i've never seen them give up a lead late go to overtime and then win it back and and that's not to say that it didn't happen this year but obviously it wasn't notable enough for me to remember <laughs> you right uh the only thing for well here's the best thing for me for this game it's like first off the broadcast is i don't i don't know how many times they mentioned that greg papa was at the game for those of you who don't know Greg Papa is a lo- is on a local sports radio show, and he's also the radio voice of the San Francisco 49ers. Great. Fine. He never talks about the Sharks on his sports radio show. He was wearing Niners shit there. Well, so here's here's the thing. Like, who cares? The, this this conversation about Greg Papa, the first thing you said to in it to to bring it up, right? For those who don't know, how could anybody not know when he goes to the game wearing a 49ers coat? <laughs> like, and, and, and I, you know, if you, if you follow AJ and I on Twitter, you saw our interaction, but I said, feels a bit heroic. And what I meant by that was it kind of felt to me like he was going to the game, like, Hey, 49ers coat, like ask me who I am. You know what I mean? Oh, dude. You're so right. So that's I was kind of how it felt to me. It felt very heroic. Yeah, like that's one of those those appearances. Like, okay, maybe you mentioned on social media. You certainly don't need to mention it on the pre, post, or during the actual broadcast. Who? I mean, literally, it came across as you know, who gives a shit? Well, and you know what? Here's the other thing, and this is for sure conspiracy theory. The obviously, if you watched at any point this season, the 49ers are a good team. I mean, NFC West champions. Dude, ninth straight win today. Yeah, absolutely. And it's felt to me both at the game, on TV, and on social media, the Sharks persona, if you will, is very much trying to be like, oh, hey, look, like we're friends with the team that's good. (laughs) Are those coattails big enough for us? Like all the time, like the Sharks will get shelled like seven to zero and the 49ers win and the Sharks are on Twitter. Great win, friends. <laughs> it's like, it's those, like, okay. those handshake tweets. <laughs> right. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, like I'm a Sharks fan. I'm a 49ers fan. I like seeing my two teams being buddies with each other. But Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> yeah, we like we get it, you know, and even, you know, when I was in San Jose over Thanksgiving weekend at the game, you know, there was a 49ers player at the game, which is perfectly fine. Very awesome to see, obviously. But, you know, of course, throw them up on the Jumbotron playing Bang Bang Niner Gang. It's like, what? Like, OK, we got it, you know? Yeah, I just I want to go to a um, a Giants game or a Niners game where some sharks show up. Are they wearing shark shit or are they wearing the shit that, you know, that of, of your team? I don't know. Anyway, 
I don't want to go down this fucking hole. I, I honestly think the only reason that I, I honestly think the only reason that a Sharks player would get recognized at a baseball game is if they went to an A's game and and Glenn Kuyper was like, hey, that guy. <laughs> hey now. Yeah, well, that's I, the other I, thing is that <laughs> Glenn Kuyper, voice of the A's, was also at this same game and didn't get, did not get near the same amount of pub on all the channels. Well, Glenn Kuyper, he also used to, you know, he used to cover the Sharks yeah. to to an extent. So, you know what I mean? Well, so, he, but that, so that's what I'm saying is like, you know, like he would be like, oh, yes, he, you know, he used to work <laughs> for us, you know. Well, Remember it, when we didn't suck? Like, <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> uh, so this Philadelphia game, it's another game the Sharks can't hold the lead multiple times. And you know it's a shitty game when the third of three highlights on the post-game show is of a kid's mullet in the crowd. Like, if that's where you have to, like, find your... <laughs> like, give me a break. On the, well, good, and, on the and, good point, though, the, <laughs> it was a sellout. Sure. <laughs> so at least you have that. That's So good. they say. Many that's, people are saying. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah. No, I thought you know it's funny you're talking about like highlights, right? And and what's what's interesting to the to the townsfolk, uh, yeah. When I I think it was going coming out of the first period when they're like, oh, when we come back, you know, we're gonna preview the Winter Classic, and I'm thinking, why? <laughs> but, <laughs> your team ain't in it. Who cares? Right, but uh, but immediately my I was kind of in a in a not a shitty mood, but more like a shit disturber mood earlier, <laughs> and I was like thinking, I'm like. Man, and I even tweeted it out. I'm like, how much you want to bet there's going to be some commentary about how Boston is in the Winter Classic, and a couple of years ago they were in the Tahoe game, and oh. the Sharks got robbed out of the Tahoe game that had no fans. You know, like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> you're, you're right, though. Like, it, the highlight of the game is not even relating to the game. Yeah, you know? that's, that, that, exactly. That's when you know it's a bad game. Uh, bad bad. Like everything sucks. Can we? Can we? Like this, this, these seasons that the Sharks have been shitty, right? Like, have we gone long enough? Like, can we call this an era now? <laughs> era. <laughs> like, is can we call this like the dog shit era? Yeah, or something? this is the, like, like they say the dead puck era. This is the dead shark era. It's fine. There you go. This is the Pavelski-less era. Oh, brother! Oh! Don't start. Yeah, we'll get to that I, later. I we'll put get out to it later. I put out. I put out a tweet. I don't want you to prove me right. So, <laughs> ball washing will happen in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, Tony Couture saying, "Why does the Brent Burns trade look worse and worse every week?" I love watching Carolina Hurricanes right now. A real Stanley Cup contender with Burns leading them. Uh, how did Mike Greer blow the Burns trade? I I don't know that he blew the Burns trade. They got back. I mean, they got. Um, Oh God! What's his name? McAniemi. McAniemi, Lorenz, and a draft pick. Yeah, and 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 they got uh like what half the money off the books, right? Which I, I mean, like Burns is playing very well for them, and that's good. Oh, like, good for Bur- him. A, a good player on a good team is playing well. Well, there you go. Yeah, it makes you think, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's a very again, Ian like, response. <laughs> you know, but again, again, the. You know, if you want to, like, I don't know, if you want to break it down, right? I mean, yes, okay, so you can you can be upset uh, about the fact that the draft pick the Sharks got was only a third. But again, first, third, seventh, they're all lottery tickets, right? It's like there's... Your odds are a little bit better the higher it is, but still, still sure, lottery. But, but you still have an extra seat at the table, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, why don't we, you know... I want to wait and see 
who that third ends up being before we even tear it down. Well, you know, and tear not down o- the trade. And not only that, dude, it was pretty. I mean, I mentioned this to you. Yes. Uh, right after it was like locker cleanout day, mm-hmm. I remember talking to you about this privately, going, "Dude, I don't know if you saw that Burns end of the season interview. That dude looks like he's got a foot out the door." He was. He looked legitimately like I don't mean to make light, but he looked depressed, like legitimately yeah. depressed. And so I'm kind of like, man, like rem- again, referencing what you're talking about, like thinking, man, like how much more of this does he have in him, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, well, you and, know what I mean? and and our uh, Kevin Lacey bringing up is it is it a bad trade? Because look at what Carlson's been doing now that Burns isn't in his way. That's dude. Fair you, point. You, me, Kevin, Ian, Gen X. We've been saying this, and not to you know break my arm, patting myself on the back, <laughs> or patting you on the back, or anybody. But but again, like we we've broken it down so many times over the last four years, like. With both, you're taking away five v five time, power play time, offensive starts. You're taking both of you're taking those away from each other. And right? I'm a little surprised they didn't try Burns at forward again. <laughs> <laughs> but but again, to Kevin's point, you know, thank you, Kevin, for providing that. Like trading away Burns has unlocked Eric Carlson, which is a good thing for the Sharks, whether they keep him or trade him. It's a good thing, you know. The draft pick, still too early to tell. The draft has not even happened yet. Yeah. I know people are like, eh, Lorenz, whatever. But again, what's been asked of him, he's been quite good. So I'm not tripping about it. And, and Well, I would debate you a little bit on that because, you know, Chief started off on the top line and has been in the, you know, fourth, well, no, fourth line he, for like the last 30 games. Well, he no, he, he started on the fourth line, got moved up to the top line, and then moved back down. Oh, so, I thought he was on the top line for opening night in Prague. The second game he was, not the first game. Oh, okay. The 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 shine on Lindblom wore off pretty quick, and that's how Lorenz <laughs> got up there. Um, oh, Barabanov was also hurt, but um. Oh, but again, you're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Solid. But again, solid like point. L- L- Lorenz, uh, uh, he's a fourth line guy, and and as we've talked about, you know, the our expected goal scoring pace for fourth line players, he's right there. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 McIniemy. Again, kind of a lesser-known goalie prospect for a lot of Sharks fans, but you look at what he's done with the Barracuda. Yes, the the record's not the best, obviously, and maybe you'd like the stats to be a little bit better. But just watching him play, he's been solid at times. And so, and he's only twenty-three. Like you have no idea what's going to happen with this guy. You know what I mean? Well, not only that, but I mean, if you look at uh, Ian Reed's Twitter, the, the <laughs> he he on the regular flambays the defensive efforts. Of the of the Barracuda, it's like Patrick Waugh is not going to stop these goals. Exactly, and so I, you know, I, I I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Burns trade was absolutely good for the Sharks, but you know, I think there's some elements it's too early to tell, and I think there's other elements where I can say, yeah, it was good. I don't. The only quote unquote bad part about trading away Burns is there's. I'm not going to name names, but there's some super Say fans it. out there. There's there are some super <laughs> fans out there who are are crying because their favorite player is gone, and that's fine. I understand that. Well, oh, was that a reference to me and Pavelski? <sighs> no comment. Oh, hello. Oh, speaking yeah, but, of which, the Sharks played Dallas last night. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Let the ball washing begin. <laughs> James Reimer would return to the net. It's a five-two loss for San Jose. Dude, Dallas is just a wagon right now. Three regulation losses in 15 December games. They're best of the West. 
I mean, hi-yo. But this was a game that really came down to special teams. Uh, the Sharks power play goes 0 for 4. They only kill 1 of 3. And during those four power plays, they had one shot on goal. Post-game, Couture is quoted as saying, losing sucks, but we can only continuously say, we did good things so many times. And it's like, yeah. But even then, that's an, that's like... That's a nothing statement, if you ask me. I mean, no, unless... I like I like what he said because it's like you know we can only hang our hat with moral victory or whatever. No, no, fuck you. You need a W. No, and I and I agree a hundred percent. I'm with you on that. But again, when Couture says we can only do we can only say this for so much, right? We, as I've talked about, we know what the Sharks team is. Who's the one person that controls what the Sharks team is? It's Mike Greer. Mm-hmm. So unless Couture is going to go into Mike Greer's office and say, hey, friend, <laughs> let's get some better players, Ugh. then, you know, it's going to be more of the same. And, and you know, I don't money making moves. Right. And again, like I don't again, the same thing the last four years. Right. The, the top guys. I mean, Meyer, Couture, Hurdle, Carlson, they're they're, you know, they're one through four on this team in scoring. So you can't blame them. You can't blame Barabanov. I think maybe you could you could have a couple words about Kevin LeBanc, but he's been very good since ever since he got put into an appropriate position. Like yeah, it's almost the, like the Nieto thing, right? But yeah. the the pro, like the problem since 2019 has been the bottom half of the lineup and the goaltending. It's not good enough. And I know, again, everybody creams their jeans about James Reimer, but he's sucked this year. Yeah, I'm sorry he, to he's, say. Well, the numbers prove that. Like, I, mean, I know, like, like, I don't know. Like, again, like, Capo Kakinen could could win every game he starts and never allow a goal, and you're going to have people who say, oh, but, but Reimer! And it's like, okay, can we get real a little bit? D- dude, Reimer in his last 10 starts, I'm looking at it right now. We got one, two, three, four. Four. Four of ten starts has a save percentage over nine ten. Which is is that even league average? Isn't league average like nine twelve? Well, uh nine ten, nine eleven has been the historical average, but scoring is up the last two years. So the I guess you could say the current average is more in the nine oh five, nine oh six range. Well, then I guess you can't hang it too much on Rimer because if that's the case, if that's how you're doing it. Over his last 10 starts, five of them are 909 or better. Right, but look at what he did last year, you know? Exactly, yeah, when you compare it to the end. Didn't Reimer, like, start almost uh, like a a career-high amount of games? Uh, no, he did. High. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, I know what it was. It was that he almost got that 20th win, and the, and the team in front of him kind of hosed him. Right, which but, he's only done twice. Yeah, but yeah, Rhymes has been kind of hosed this season. Anyway... Back to the Dallas game. It's, uh, it's special teams, as I noted. Um, that that was it. Barabanov was a star in, in this game. The, he was the lone star for me. And no, hey, that's whoa. yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> I that. See what you did there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> pun, pun not intended, but hey, funny coincidences happen. Uh, Quinn in the post game was quoted as saying, "I'm pissed." We're going mm-hmm. to put it together at some point. I don't know when that's going to be. We continue to make strides, but no one cares about losing a well-fought hockey game. And I'm like, hell yeah. 
right there with you, Quinny. Uh, and then Pavelski, my man, three-point night, baby. Goal, two assists. Hell yeah. Even I saw that. The, the best part is that during this game, like early on when Han and Remenda were on it, there's like, you know, Pavelski in a bit of a drought lately, only two goals in his last 20 games, and all of a sudden, kaboom. <laughs> I you know, I saw I saw that you had tweeted that out. Oh, Pavelski 3.9, all that stuff. And immediately my thought went back to, you know, the conversation that we've had about certain people still acting like he's on the team. And so I was like, <laughs> oh, why aren't the Sharks winning then? <laughs> exactly. No, I saw your tweet. <laughs> oh, Tony coming after you, buddy. Uh, Tony well, in the chat says, Lorenz has been disappointing. Salary retained was unjustified. Brent Burns is fourth in scoring at Carolina. Four goals, 23 assists, also a plus six. Draft pick at 90th from start will be a long shot. Okay, so let me ask you this then. A guy who's making a million bucks getting fourth-line minutes and scoring at a fourth-line pace, what about that is disappointing? That sounds perfectly fine to me. Yeah, you get what you pay for. <laughs> right. Now, if... Now, if you want to, if you want to put somebody, it comes, in. hold on again. It comes back to sometimes players, good players. Oh, can you take care of the uh, chat, please? Yep. Uh, sometimes good players react in good situations. Jonathan Chichu, not the biggest, you know, scoring wonder that has ever been, until Joe Thornton unlocked him. You know, sometimes the situation dictates and it, and it works out for everybody so hey look burns is in a good situation right now all the all the best to him i hope that the stanley cup final this year is dallas versus carolina because one of them's going to get it well and not only that but to like if burns is i, I i'm sorry to say it <laughs> dude lacy coming in hot if 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 Burns if Burns is still on this team, the Sharks are a worse team this year. I would completely agree with you. You know what I mean? And yeah, because he's because like, he's impeding Carlson's progress. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, you know, and and, and again, like I I just I I I think, and I don't mean to call anybody out, but like there are some guys. Do it. No, there <laughs> there are some guys. Lorenz is one of them. Where they just not everybody's going to score twenty goals. Some guys are just going to plug away, right? They're going to kill penalties and they're going to be, you know, fast and smart defensively, and they're going to score seven goals for you. And Lorenz is right on target to do that. I don't understand what the problem is. Yeah, you know, I'm so I I, I feel like I owe you an apology. I just realized that I have a band function here, <laughs> <coughs> so I have to make use of that later. So anyway, uh, let's finish this off. The Dallas game, look, Pavelski has Ooh. a night. Ends up getting an extension the next day. I wonder why. Uh, this was a game that Dallas scored in almost every way possible, all but a penalty shot. They scored power play, even strike, shorthanded. I mean, bada-bing, bada-boom, ba-damn, you know, even an empty netter. So that's – Man, I'll, you Joe, talk about – The other th – well, hold on. The, the other thing I just want to point out really quickly, go mm -hmm. and look historically, the Sharks' record for playing on New Year's Eve, not good. 
No. I think they not. have like two wins in the last 18 years. Now, uh-huh. now they haven't played on New Year's all 18 years. Right. Right. But over the course of like the last 18 years, I think it's, I think they're somewhere in the ballpark of like two and 14. It's not good. You know, and and here's the thing to to kind of go back on like looking at what teams are doing and you know that all that kind of stuff, right? So we kind of saw last year with with Dallas, right? The you know the the super line, if you will, Pavelski, Robertson, Hints, right? Like that was a really good line, Dude, and the, like com- the and the best line in the West right now. Right. And the conversation was, man, you know, think about what Dallas could be if they got if they got some help from the guys beneath them. Right. Well, they're kind of getting it. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> imagine what they could do if they got, I don't know, Eric Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 you know, what I mean? you know what I mean? Like the, and, and what's what's interesting enough and what kind of goes back to the point I've made before about, you know, going through rebuilds or rough patches or whatever and the guys you have still being part of the solution, you know, I mean, and, and rightfully so, but a lot of people have been giving Jamie Ben shit for about four or five years now. And, you know, they kind of waited out, saw it through and he's come out to the other side and he's having a really good season. And so to sort of put a shark's spin on it, you know, maybe, you know, Couture and Vlasic and Carlson and Meyer and Barbonov. Maybe these guys do need to get traded, right? But maybe not. You know what I mean? I feel you. So those are the four games this week. We have to move on. We're already over hour. Uh, Eric Carlson now on pace for 111 points. No defenseman has scored 100 since 91-92, but we're getting even closer to this. No defenseman not named Orr or Coffee has had more than 103 points. So, is he getting the Norris? You know, I mean, it, despite playing on what is not a great team. Sure. I mean, because, because uh, again, and we always have the conversation, right, about small sample size. You know, oh, well, yeah, that's great, but wait till the sample size grows. You know, that's always the conversation. But you look, I mean, you know, is 39 games... Is that still a small sample size? I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like he he's he's leading defenseman in scoring by 11 points, so he's already built up a nice cushion. And to the point you made, you know, some people are going to say, oh, well, he's on a shitty team. How can he be the best defenseman? But look at what he's doing despite this team is shitty. Like to sort of take it a step further, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's a couple heroes out there who throw him a fourth place heart trophy vote. Say what? No, I was just talking about like like with Eric, you know, like with Eric Carlson, like he's leading defenseman in scoring by a, a good chunk, and you know, I kind of feel like we're past the point of small sample size, right? Absolutely. But also, you know, you kind of mentioned, does he should he still get the looks because he's on a crappy team? Well, I think you could make the argument like, wow, look what he's doing in spite of how crappy this team is, and it makes me wonder, dude. If, if anything, like just start putting his name on it now. Well, that, but to go even to a step further, like, do you think there are some heroes out there who will give him a third place heart trophy vote? Oof. I mean, dude, there's always a hero. We know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm wondering how many more clickbait trade articles are we going to see? Because, I mean, we were inundated with them like a month ago. 
we had a, a really good time mocking and making fun of all that clickbait. So, hey, you want to you want to have something that's gonna bake your noodle? Oh, whip it out, bake it. So everybody's talking about how great Brent Burns is doing. Who? Did you know Carlson, that guy who sucks, <laughs> has double the points that Brent Burns does? <laughs> Just saying. Hey. As you as you pointed out, when you're on one of the best teams in the league, it's kind of easy to hide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I feel you. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, boy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, special teams has just been a highlight over this last month. Over the 12 games in December, power play for the Sharks, 11 for 45. That's 24%. PK, well, while the power play has clicked up, the PK is, you know, that's, that's all we heard about for the first, because that was the only good thing we're talking about, right? It was the only positive thing you could take when mm-hmm. talking about the Sharks is look at how great their PK is. It's number one. Maybe, well, it's fallen to fourth. <laughs> and over December, it went from like 88, 90%. Now it's fallen to 71. Um, but that's over the course of December, the entire month. Those numbers have changed a little bit over the last five games. Over the last five, the power play has gone from 24% in December to 19, but the PK has climbed from 71 to 85. Now, my point being there is that if you add up over December, that's that's 95%. And as we know, those two numbers have to hit over 100 to try to find success. Well, over the last five games, they only have that one win, yet that number is at 104% combined. So maybe that theory is bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think... I don't know. I mean, uh, again, yes, it's fallen from first to fourth, which you've mentioned, but they still have a good penalty kill, right? And sure. You know, I if the power play has gotten better, like that's obviously a good thing too. Of course, the power play has gotten better as you mentioned, but that second unit is still awful. Oh, <laughs> right? it's, it's dude, it's so horrific. But but that's I mean, what do you expect? You know, we've literally and and to Quinn's credit, he said this from the jump. He's like, I'm putting my five best guys out there. I'm not going to try to sit there and go, well, let's put Hurdle and Meyer here and then Couture and LeBanc here. No, he's just like, I'm just going to – it's like, fuck it. My best five, go out there 90 seconds straight. If the other guys get on for the last 30, good for them. And I support that. You know what I mean? Oh, you, dude, that's play what, the hand you got. Right. Well, and here's the other thing. If we want to get into the numbers and really break it down a little bit, you like <laughs> this season especially, but, you know – couple years last couple years how how much have we talked about what kevin lebank needs to be successful right Mm -hmm. so the 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 dialogue surrounding kevin lebank has always been oh he's really good on the power play but he can't seem to figure anything else out right and now you look at this year five versus five most of the season he's been with hurdle and meyer or hurdle and barabanov or you know couture and meyer you know some combination there he's top six Yes, correct. And 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 you know his five v five numbers are good. He's on the shitty second power play unit with with Sturm. We like Sturm. Not really a power play guy. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing. You could you could make a lesser argument for you know Benino Nieto. Benning has been decent. I give him credit. He's turned it around since the first month of the season. Big, big time. Totally agree. Ferraro, what are you doing out oh, there? Oh, dude. You know what I mean? And so, he took uh, two huge blocks tonight. Right. 
But so you go back to that dialogue of like what LeBanc needs needs in order to be a successful player. So was always considered the power play specialist, right? Air quotes. Yet <laughs> this yet this year, 18 of his 21 points are at even strength. So imagine what LeBanc could do if that second power play unit wasn't so shitty. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And, and you know, we're talking numbers. We got their numbers. What do you got their numbers? <laughs> uh, we t- talked about Reimer's last 10. Let's talk about Kakinen's last nine. Huge. Dude, I mean, <laughs> 909 tonight versus the Blackhawks. But the previous three, no, I'm sorry, the previous four, 880, 800, 750, 872. Then he jams in this shutout. Okay, good for you. But then 800, 731. So Chief has played one outstanding game, one what you could say because you brought up league scoring is up a little bit, so maybe league average goes from 912 to 909 or something. So that that means two good games over the last eight. Kakinen, I'm I'm sorry. Are, are we at the point where no. we we sit there and go, you know what? Maybe the Middleton for Kakinen deal. No. Okay. Show your work. You tried you tried this last week, and I really don't want to give you your. I don't want to shove you in a locker again, but oh, I will. Oh, shove it! No, no, that's good. No, I feel you. But, no, but, it, but, 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 but that's but what's going to be said, you know, and all the on right, the, no, the, the silly social media hyperbole, you know, all the hyperbolic BS on social media. Oh, Kakinen sucks and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? R- Reimer then sucks dog shit. But right, exactly. In, in the case of the no, maybe it's because the defense sucks. Well, and again, we and we're you're leading like- the league and giving up high danger chances against, you know. And here's the thing: we like Jake Middleton, but he's not a unique player. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. He's he's not the guy who's going to get you over the hump. Kevin Lacey saying Kakinen has a lot of trouble finishing out games. He's concerned, Which, and that's and but but a see, valid you know, concern. But again, it's it's not you. Know, it's not like some some people on Facebook, right? Kakinen <laughs> sucks because he can't grow a mustache like Middleton. You know what I mean? Like again. We like Jake Middleton on this podcast. Big fan, but Huge. he's a guy. You know yeah. how many you know how many rugged six foot three left-handed defensemen with a mustache you can find? They're out there. <laughs> well, right? and, and you mentioned how it many, earlier. How many goalies who have above average starter potential can you just pluck off of a waiver wire or a free agency list? You know? Well, w- would you say that Middleton right now is that much of a, uh, and you might even want to run the numbers, by the way, but would you say that Middleton is that big of a uh, talent increase over Megna? You know what I'm they're, saying? No, I do know what you're saying. And they're, they're I mean, I would really want to dig dig heavy into it, but they're quite similar players, right? It, see, okay, so that's what I'm saying. And I then, mean, Meg, Megna's got more points and less penalty minutes. And and I would, I would push Megna to is say also, Megna's also a plus player on this shitty team somehow, which is huge. <laughs> but dude, and then I would say to a certain extent, like Benning has helped solve Vlasic a little bit. 
Benning has been up. Benning was brutal the first month of the season. Oh He's, yeah, horrible. But it took him some time to settle in. That happens. Yeah. Fuck. It took Eric Carlson three years to settle in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ever, I would say ever since the middle of December. I'm sorry, the middle of November. Benning has actually been. Quite solid. I mean, he's. Dude, I would say he's been the second best defenseman on the team. I would agree with that. I mean, shit, dude, he's on pace to get like forty points this year. <laughs> yeah, who? <laughs> dude, it's huge. Yeah, he he's again, and and you know what? I'll I'll gladly fall on that sword because I thought he was the worst player to ever put on a pair of skates. But he's been <laughs> since the first Rude. month of the season ended. He's been he's been good. You know, he's. He's five points away from a career high in like 30 less games. See? That's all I'm saying. And Glacey point out, dude, dude blocks shots, man. Magna. Hey now. Right. And 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 it's and even Megna, right? It, last year I was very much like, why the hell is Megna even in the NHL? But <laughs> guy but guy put in the work and he stepped but, up and uh, he's dude, he's he's given it to me and I appreciate it. That's the beautiful thing about this sport and some of these players. How much did I dump on Brendan Dillon his first two years with the Sharks? Yeah, um, and and rightfully so. Yeah, and he and he turned me around, flipped his game, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm like the biggest Dillon fan on the planet. Well, all the, there was a stretch there where he was literally the best defenseman on the team. He, oh, dude, without a doubt. Emphasis on the defense. <laughs> You're right. You know. So with that, let's and move probably on. Be, probably best man too. He's a real stand-up guy. Oh, dude. Honestly, what quite pleasant guy to talk to yeah find another yeah you know? right uh let's move on to hero and zero i mean look the sexy well i shouldn't say the sexy pick the easy pick the obvious pick is ek literally putting up sure. all the points i think you could even say meyer but i'm gonna steal a card from your deck and i'm gonna say you know what for me this week bear banoff right yeah and and you know what that's a completely you know i uh Sneaky, Solid pull. sneaky. I, I would, he's he's. I don't want to say sneaky. Is quietly getting it done, as you like to say. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know, again, I, I'm <laughs> going back to what I said. You know, I, he's played. You know, how many games has he played now? He's played 126 games in his career now. Is it still small? Small sample size. No. No. This you is. Know what I mean, <laughs> this again. Every time I see him have a week like he did, like. Scored tonight, scored last night, has gotten mm -hmm. some assists, is, again, he's never a guy that I'm watching going, Barabanov, what are you doing? You know what I, I mean? Know that, I don't know that he's ever made a mistake. So that's that's all I'm saying. And it's like, and who did we get? How did we get this guy again? What, where is Antisuamela? See, that's the play. That's the big brain play. You got to prey on these good players who are buried on good teams. Dude, that's right? what I'm saying. Like, for all the people, and I'm one of them, mm -hmm. that sits there and goes, letting Pavelski leave, not giving him that third year, without a doubt, worst move that Doug Wilson ever made. Without a doubt. Number two isn't even close. Well, I but mean, I, it, hel it helps that there's been four years of data compiled on that. Sure. But, <laughs> but I wasn't a fan when it happened. Sure, and there's and plenty fair. of evidence of that, but I will say, dude, the Barabanov trade is climbing the charts, you know, for like one of the best moves he ever made. I mean, obviously, you're going to talk about Sturm, uh, Stewart, and Primo for Thornton. Obviously, huge game changer, franchise changer. Yes, obviously, always number one. Getting Brent Burns for what was it? Devin Setaguchi, a first in Charlie Coyle. 
Yeah, Coyle. Although, who has gone on to make a good name for himself in Boston? Fine. But you know what? It, it, between those two players, there's one I'd r- rather have more. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the Dan Boyle acquisition. Mm-hmm. Like so, those like those those blockbuster moves. Wilson has uh, obviously, you know, coming out smelling like a rose. Gus Nyquist was a good trade. Oh, obviously a good trade. But dude, this sneaky good move. To, to sue Amelo for Barabanov. Get the fuck out of here. Well, and, and again, right? Like preying on, and, and by the way. <laughs> if, if he could make eight more of those moves, this team would, would have won four cups in a row. <laughs> right. And, and, and if you're keeping score at home, Barabanov, which again, let, we're talking about points versus dollars, right? Barabanov, who is making two and a half million bucks this year and next year. He's only on for, two and a half million. Yes, only. You think Thank about you what saying. he brings to the table versus LeBanc, and LeBanc gets twice his money? Dude, Barabanov, is, first of all, because you brought it up, Barabanov is on pace to score more points than LeBanc is this year. Of course. Second of all, Barabanov, again, we, we've talked about it so much, but we're going to do it again. <laughs> As we missed, tend to do. Missed all of training camp. Missed the start of the regular season. Yeah. And just has didn't, slid in so get, nicely. And and hasn't gotten to be with Meyer and Hurdle or Hurdle and Balsers or Hurdle and Dolan. You know, hasn't gotten to be with pairs that he's familiar with. He's been with Hurdle and Meyer. He's been with Hurdle and LeBanc. He's been with Couture and Meyer. He's been with Nico Sturm and, and God knows who. And Guy just puts up points. He's on pace for 52 points this year. Dude, we have two and a half million bucks. Let, let's be honest. Let's, Do it. Let, let's call it what it is. I think you and I, whether you whether I'm riding shotgun or I'm in the driver's seat, one of us sure. is 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 in those spots. We've been driving that Barbie train since day one, dude. I I, don't, I, I want to <laughs> give it to you. You have been driving the train. I've been riding shotgun. Well, dude, when Bar when the Sharks traded for Barabanov, you know how many people said, "Who the fuck is that?" Everybody but you. And I was supposed <laughs> to get his damn uprising jersey, and then he scored. <laughs> I was, I, I literally. Are you said, still, are you still thinking about trying to like come over and finesse that MIC that I did? It, it, you know what? It, the thought has crossed my mind. Of course it has. But like again, like we we had the conversation. Oh man, you know, I like this player. This could be a sneaky little pickup to get this jersey, and then he scores, and all the the fake fans come out of the woodwork and and out <laughs> and outbid me, which is fine, whatever. You know, it's it's for charity, so I'm not tripping. But <sighs> he got hot too early. Yeah, right. All right, but um, dude. It, it's been a, like you said, it's been a value add, and honestly, like you, if you were to tell me right here, right now, that he was your standing <laughs> hero for the rest of the season, I would support that. Well, here, here's my thing, is that Barabanov, I feel, like LeBanc was, at times to me, maybe thrust into a position that he wasn't quite ready for, mm-hmm. and he kind of was diminished in that role, whereas Barabanov has bloomed when he's been given more responsibilities. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and he's only gotten better. Right, yeah, I mean, that's what I just the, said. No, <laughs> right, but but again, it's it, you usually see, especially I mean, shit, dude, especially at twenty, almost twenty nine years old, you see guys plateau around, you know, between twenty six and thirty, you usually see guys plateau. <laughs> He's only like the offense has gotten better, right? He's blocking more shots. He's <laughs> hitting more. 
You Dude. know, like he's doing all the he's playing more ice time to the and point. For, you and for a smaller guy, it's just it's just amazing. And no you, fear, you, no fear in that. Guy. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was fearless. Love it. Like no shame in his game. Well, and <laughs> how many times? How many times have you seen him? How many times have you seen him get blown up with a big hit? Oh, dude, and like he's never. Right back, he's right. Back. No, but you, you but see, he, him get yeah, blown the up rare times right that it happens, he's he's able to sidestep it. The yeah. rare times that he's like, he needs to teach Simic how to do that, <laughs> right? But uh, anyway, that was that was like uh, ten minutes on my hero. Who's yours? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it, it was a good dialogue to have. All right. Um, Just say bear bent off, and we'll move on. <laughs> No, I think and and I'm I think I might have done him last week, but I'm going to do it again. Kevin LeBanc, just because he's. Well, say that, he, dude. Like the, over this week, I think he's like the only plus player. <laughs> yeah, this week he's. Um, let's see, even I believe, unless he was minus tonight, which he was not. He was positive. He was actually po- positive plus one for the week. Yeah. Um, two points in four games, which is decent. Um, and he didn't. You know, no, uh, no penalties tonight. Well, I was uh, gonna say he didn't bank it up. He hasn't, and he also, you know, he hasn't taken a penalty in the last seven games. Which it's is been a while. Well, let's be honest though; that's only because the Sharks haven't taken a too many men penalty. Fair, but <laughs> but again, he's. We've talked about it so much. He's finally in the right position, like the right line mates, the right side of the ice, the right amount of ice time. And he's, you know, he he's on pace for 45 points. And again, he's found what, some good snipe shots, too. Right. And again, like what what he's getting paid and, you know, how talented he is. You obviously want more than 45 points out of him, but 45 points would be his second best season in his career. So. Maybe he's, maybe he's not so bad after all, you know? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I mean, like you were saying, I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now, like over the last four games played, you look at the top seven players. It's obviously it's Carlson, but dash one, Timo Meyer for all that he's done. Dude, Timo Meyer's dash six over four games. Tomas Hurdle dash four, Couture dash Deuce. Barabanov dash deuce. Lindblom plus two. Hey oh. Right. But, Sticking it to you. Right. Kevin LeBay. Got that high value goal when a goalie was in the net. <laughs> but but telling you, over the over this week, last four games, Kevin LeBanc, goal, assist, plus one. Like, right. dude, even strength goal, even strength points. Like getting yeah. it fucking done. Twenty percent uh shooting percentage. Which Dude, huge. It scares, it scares me a little bit because, like, again, only nine goals and he's got. Now, to know. be fair, to be fair. Yes. You know who, over the last four games, who the top two leaders are for the Sharks in shooting percentage, both with 33.3%? Well, I'm going to assume that Barabanov is one of them. Nope. Really? Okay. Lindblom Lin and Vlasic. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, noted I was, snipers. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm surprised. I'm honestly surprised after Lindblom scored that goal that he didn't like take his helmet off and salute you. Like, <laughs> uh, give me the 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 fuck you, AJ Puck. The the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, what I I heard someone say the Hawaiian peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right, so uh, I've already forgot. So LeBanc is your hero. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Zero for me. Uh, special teams. 
this week. I mean, it sure. literally led to so many breakdowns this week. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> For me, and I again, quickly, I know I'm quickly. I know I'm, I know I'm gonna offend. I know I'm gonna offend. I know I'm gonna offend a lot of people with this one, but it, it's James Reimer. Oh, and you asshole! No I'm kidding. <laughs> Go I ahead. Said, and here's the three thing. starts I said, this week or two, three, no two, two. And you, I I said earlier that he's that he's bad this year, and. Again, he's better than Kakinen, which good for him. But again, compared to last year, the last year's team, this year's team are both crappy. So why the major drop off in stats? You know what I mean? Just generally speaking, but also. Well, you, the thing is, this is a hero and zero for the week. Dude, for this week, Reimer played twice, 867, 760. Right. And it, it, but it, again, it, it almost feels like it's like the culmination of this whole season. I mean, he's, he's playing for a contract, whether it's with the sharks or with someone else. And he's oh, not doing all somebody that else. <laughs> you know, please let it be somebody else. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a way to get San Jose, something in draft return. picks, yeah. draft picks. <laughs> cap space. Cap space. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move. On. Hey, this came up and I was like, you know, this might be fun to talk about for a minute or two. What if we all rewind the clock, if you will, back in 2020, Remember when Patrick Marlowe got traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of talk about Joe Thornton. At one point, if you remember, if I remember, I don't know, you remember? The, wasn't there some talk about uh, on, on the Twitter machine that, oh, Thornton's going to be reunited with Pavs in Dallas? Yeah, that was my rumor. That actually had some credence to it. Yeah, and it, but it never ended up happening, so... My whole thing, and we, we don't like to play this game very often, but I kind of do. What if Joe Thornton had been trading in 2020? You know what? That fourth round pick they would have got for him maybe would have been something. Dude, that's what I'm saying. But but you think that that would have been proper value? And it makes me want to rewind the clock to see, did Dallas have that available to move? And to be fair, well, see, the whole thing is I'm sitting there going, would the Sharks have to eat any salary? What wasn't he making league minimum at that point? <laughs> yeah, he was. And and here's the thing, and, and here's the other thing, right? That season that you're referencing, Patrick Marlowe only netted the Sharks a third round pick, and he was the better player that year. So you could say, Oh, yeah, the Sharks should have done it. And and maybe the, and you know what? I do agree with you that they should have, right? But it's not as if there's gonna be some big you know, bushel basket of futures coming back that's going to shape everything. You yeah, know but it, I mean? it was it was the idea of kind of acknowledging that it's time to move <clears throat> on already. Sure. You know what I mean? And so, it oh, and, and dude, Thornton looked, if you looked at some of the post-deadline media, dude seemed a little tilted. Like, he wanted to be moved. Well, and you know we had this conversation three years ago, but I I remember, I remember not having a lot of sympathy for him because <laughs> no, because he you know he again to your point came off as like he wanted to be moved. Which oh, is, he so which, did. Which is fine. It's perfectly fine. But again, if you want to be moved, don't spend the whole trade deadline season being like, well, you know, we'll just see what Doug does. No, dude, go into the office and be like, hey, I would like to move on. Please make it happen or I'm going to be upset. <laughs> well, I think, but I think he did do that. 
It Maybe. sounded it sounded as if like there was some deal in place, whether it was a Dallas or somebody else, and for whatever reason it kind of like fell through at the last minute. But I would I'd be interested to just see where things might have changed, both for Thornton and for the Sharks, had some sort of deal been made. Because after that he ended up with the Maple Leafs, right? Correct. So and you know would have been interesting. Had he gone to Dallas, assuming nothing else changed. Which, Dude, he'd he'd probably still be there with Joe. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, assuming nothing else changed, which you can't really do because butterfly effect and all that, but assume nothing changed, he would have been in the Stanley Cup final that year. Oh, oh that's all I'm saying. Hey, Super Chat. Bright Car 75, coming in hot. Love all the work you guys put into the show. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that, dude. You the man. Brycar, who, by it's the way... Ar- arbitrary amount of money right there. Oh, it's Canadian. That's why. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Brycar, <laughs> who won the Burns mug, and I still need to send you their address, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. For those of you who have won, Laurel, Brycar, I know there's one other. Uh, we'll get you your stuff. Don't worry. It will eventually show up, and it will show up as advertised. We're not like fanatics here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I was always kind of interested, like how would things maybe have changed in that regard? I'm kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that we need. I feel like you, maybe me, you, Lacey and Ian need to have a show during the summer, like the what if show. Sure. You know, I think that'd be kind of fun because Lord knows everybody's looking for clickbait in the off season, right? <laughs> Dude, Accurate. did you did you see our buddy a, uh, Adrian Dater? No, what happened? So Adrian Dater was the king of Avalanche coverage. Yep, went from the Denver Post, started doing Colorado hockey now, and evidently dipped like a week or so ago from hockey now to do his own Substack thing. Oh, okay, interesting. But I'm just saying. You might want to go check check Adrian Dater's uh, Twitter. Dude spilled some tea. Like he was sitting there, kind of lambasting the whole hockey now thing, saying that we're required to do four articles a day. We're re- tw- required to do clickbaity headlines. Like, hmm. dude, he 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 told you how the sausage was made. Interesting. Yeah, I was like, ooh, hockey now network getting called, and and I'm not saying any of that. You know, shines on Shang. I'm just, you know, he was, he wasn't calling out anybody but the whole hockey network, like the people that are pulling the strings in the background. Dude, dude had some things to say. Let me just say that. And, and I like Dater. I, I like, uh, I'm surprised he didn't go to, uh, the athletic, to be honest. But yeah, he was, uh, he was a little nuts. Oh boy. Did you see that Toronto got fined a hundred grand for traveling on the 26th? I did. Maybe don't schedule games on the 27th if you don't want teams to travel on the 26th, eh? Yeah, seem, it's kind of <laughs> weird. It, didn't to... the Sharks have to like travel that morning well, to Vancouver? Say, right. It seems kind of weird that they you know, would have to travel the morning of a game, right? Especially well, because it built in the CBA. Right. And I understand that, you know, the the between the 23rd and the 26th, it's designed to give the players time off, which I appreciate that. Absolutely. Gives us time off. Right. But I just, to your point, from the NHL's perspective, like you don't want teams traveling until the 27th. (laughs) 
don't <laughs> don't put games on the 27th or or if you are going to put games on the 27th do close games you yeah, know yeah I, mean? but you, I know and, and i totally get what you're saying like you, you know if you if you can figure out some sort of way where it's like okay la versus anaheim and arizona versus vegas and calgary versus edmonton like i get that but then it's like okay so i guess it's what san jose versus vancouver you know, it's Colorado versus St. Louis because those are the closest. You know what I mean? Here's here's the other thing, though. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Dallas versus Nashville. If you are Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which is the company that owns the Maple Leafs, if you are MLSE and you have the craziest amount of money <laughs> in within your within your portfolio, yeah, do you give a shit about a hundred grand? Zero fucks. Right, <laughs> you know, like yeah, well, dude, where, that's not that's not getting my intention until that number gets among seven digits, and then I might go. I'm sorry, what did you say? Right, but again, like MLLC, they have very deep pockets. Like you well, know, dude, and just <laughs> again, a hundred grand, six digits. But even even if they had said nine ninety nine ninety nine, blah blah blah, you know, like a dollar a shade away from a million, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But dude, a hundred grand? Yeah, it's nothing. I guarantee. Dude, they they probably drop that in tip money during the course of a season. I guarantee you, dude. I guarantee the Maple Leafs knew what the fine was. Oh, and dude, thought, and, and thought to themselves, "Hmm, okay, a hundred grand, and and we can travel a day earlier." Yeah, dude, that's it's, fine. It's like you <laughs> with with the whole Reimer thing. You keep it. Right. Yeah. You're like, who gives like, a shit, dude? Again, they probably knew this when this fucking schedule came out. Well, dude, it's been it's been in the CBA for almost ten years. They have to have known about it. <laughs> yeah, but no, but I mean, when the schedule, you know. <laughs> no, sure, sure, but again, yeah, again, like travel in the day before, and it cost and it costs a billion dollar company a hundred grand. Yeah, it's like fuck it. Who we cares? all are we all gonna do it? now? I would here. Here's the play, dude. Now we're going to eventually see, you know, the assholes that like leave at twelve oh one. Right. <laughs> That's gonna be the play. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you who didn't see it, Joe Pavelski, my man, signed for another year in Dallas. I just, dude. I love the fact that he's just doing the whole Joe Thornton year by year thing. Like, hey, I'm just going to keep playing here in, is, until I don't like it anymore. But some of the tweets that came out about Pavelski's signing mm-hmm. were so on the money. Let me share a couple with you. <clears throat> Matthew DeFranks, and this is the one that hits the nail on the head. Joe Pavelski is what people talk about when they talk about building a culture. Yep. Took two pay cuts to stay in Dallas, smoothed the transition to Peter DeBoer, houses Wyatt Johnston, works with Ty Delandria, all while forming a third of the best line in hockey. Yeah. This is a guy that the Sharks would not offer a third year to. And now are complaining and have been for the last couple of years about rebuilding the culture of the Sharks locker room. I see a tweet like that and I'm like, God damn it. Well, and, and, and again, like we, again, we support like any player that gets their money. We support it. 
you do you, right? But to be a player that is a good is very good player like Pavelski has been and to say, you know what? A very good player and a very team player. Right. Well, uh, again, because for those who have not recognized this, the last, you know, this year and last year in Dallas, you know, last year was Pavelski's best season of his career. This season he's on pace to <coughs> do the exact same thing again. So He's now scoring at a pace that he never did with the Sharks, but <sighs> recognizes, hey, yeah, I'm playing well, and that's great, but we got a good thing going here. Rope Hintz needs to get paid. Jason Robertson needs to get paid. Jake Onger needs to get paid. Miro Heiskanen needs to get paid. Didn't, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna take what I can get, spread the rest around. I've made my money. Yeah. I'm just going to do my thing here. Didn't, didn't, was it McKinnon in Colorado made the same kind of – uh, exclamation was yeah. like, I'm willing to take a little bit less if that means that we're going to resign some talent and you know keep well, things copacetic. Yeah, and uh, and I'll I'll do you one even better, right? So you look at Gabriel Landeskog, who's Colorado's captain, by the way. Maybe that's who, who I'm know. thinking of, to be honest. No, you're you are correct thinking about Nathan McKinnon, but with Landeskog specifically, and and I feel as though Landeskog is one of the best. I know the whole letter on the jersey thing is kind of bullshit. I think Landeskog is one of the best captains in the league, right? Very good player. I mean, you know, on he hasn't played this season. He's been injured, but the you know last season he was on pace for he got hurt, but last season was on pace for a hundred points. Same thing two seasons ago, three seasons ago, ninety points. You get what I'm saying? He, oh yeah, dude. He puts up points like a madman, and said, you know what? I like Colorado. We got some other guys who need to get paid. I'll take seven. Yeah. If Gabriel Landeskog went to UFA back in 2020, 2021, $9.5 well, like for sure. I feel like Pavelski on his last Sharks deal maybe took a little bit of a haircut. I'm trying to. It was so long yeah, ago. You have to I'm go looking to through. Oh, oh, Ruben in the house. Ruben with the donation. Thank you so much. Oh, 100000 That's team party money. <laughs> no, Pizza you're party. right, dude. But either way, that, that goes back to a point that I had made back when they wouldn't give Pavelski that extra year, is that there are guys on the Sharks that before Kane and Carlson did take a haircut on on money or term for the mm -hmm. betterment of the team. Sure. So uh, a couple other things here. This is a, this is a great tweet from Saad Youssef. It says, full list of players who have played in every single game for the Dallas Stars over the past three seasons. Number one, Joe Pavelski. That's it. That's the list. I mean, the the fact that this fucking guy's going to be like 39 next summer. Well, and again, to the point that I've made multiple times, how many times does a player get better as they get older? Like nobody saw this coming. But then again, you look at where he was taken. And you mm -hmm. go back to oh. the interview that we did with Drew Remenda, and he told us, about the talk that Todd McClellan had with them, where it was just like, you're my 13th forward. You know, you need to be better, and then you're going to get in here. And what did, as Drew said, Pavelski could have sat there and fucking cried in the corner like he could have pulled a Nikolai Goldobin, but no. He was like, I'm going to be the first guy out here every fucking practice, and I'm going to be practicing harder than anybody else. And I'm going to be the last guy to pack it in. I mean, dude, he's he is 
the man. I like Ryan Kennedy saying, based on how he has aged, I fully expect Joe Pavelski to ring up like 90 points next season for Dallas. Dude, he's going to do it this year. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Since joining the Stars, Pavelski leads in points, assists, plus minus, power play goals, while sharing first in even strength points and third in goals. How long has he been with Dallas? Like four fucking seasons? This this year is his fourth season. This is what I'm saying. So to see this, so here's the question I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to move on. Say for whatever reason, do, do, let me ask you this first. Does Joe Pavelski make it to the Hockey Hall of Fame? I'm not saying first ballot. I'm just saying eventually at some point or no, he just doesn't quite get there. Hmm. Ah, man. I got to a... say, dude, I feel like Joe Pavelski, more consistent player over his time than Patrick Marlowe. Hmm. And showed up more in the playoffs. If I'll tell you, that if Pavelski... Okay, a couple of things have to happen here. If So right now, Pavelski, he's got 433 goals. Mm-hmm. If he can get to 500... Shoo-in. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. Or if he can win a Stanley Cup. Either one. Because, I don't know, 70, 60, 67 goals. <laughs> ah, Kevin, I know what you're saying. That's uh, <laughs> an inside joke we have. Uh, it's all good. Six, 67 goals between now and the end of his career feels a bit rich. But, I mean, shit, man. You know, if he can get 35 next year and you know, get up to 35 this year. I mean, maybe, but All right, you know, he's, he's 39 points away from a thousand. I think he'll hit that this year. Okay. Yes. I would agree with you, but okay. So here's, here's the real, the real kick in the dick. Okay. You, you've seen what Joe has done. He clearly enjoys his time in Dallas. Sure. When it is all said and done, which team does Pavelski retire as? Oh, I have no idea. I dude. guess it depends, right? Well, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, if if the Dallas Stars won a cup this year, how, I could, how could you not? I don't know. It's. I mean, we, dude. It, I mean, it depends. You, here's here's, the, the, here's the thing that you saw the that Dan Boyle won a cup in Tampa. Yes. And everything went to fucking shit there. And he's like, no, nah, I don't give a fuck that I, I want a cup there. I'm retiring as a shark. This is, you know, they did me right and sure. Tampa did not. And I feel like, and I've said, I've said this since day fucking one when it was announced that the stars got Pavelski. If you go back in time, watch that interview that Joe is doing on the front of his house. Yep. He's got like a little deck out there and he was doing a live hit with NHL Network. Dude, ear to ear grin. Like he was like, I can't wait to get out of this fucking town. Like he well, he seemed to be so happy to leave San Jose behind. And I don't know if that was an FU to Doug Wilson. I don't know. Maybe this just wasn't an area for him despite how much he ingratiated himself to the fan base, but he really looked like he was way happy to get out of the situation. Maybe it was the fact that he looked at the roadmap 
or he was thinking about some of the players on the team that he maybe he wasn't fans of. I don't know, but he looked real happy to get out of here. And now you've looked who ages like this in the NHL? Almost nobody. So that's my point is that when it's all said and done, he's obviously going to play another year. How many years did he play with San Jose? He Nine? played ten. One no, he played more than that. Um, geez, I can't do math. Three, <laughs> six, nine, twelve, thirteen. So thirteen years there, and it's going to be what six with Dallas? Uh, after he is no longer under contract, it'll be five. This it's, year is year four. Next year is year five. God, it, God, it already feels like the like this year is year five, and next year will be year six. Okay, but again, it, my question still stands. Mm-hmm. If if he, even though he will have played half the amount of time in Dallas, you know, if if all is said and done, and he doesn't get a cup at either destination, how does he retire? And if he does get a cup in Dallas, does that automatically make it fade to complete that, yeah, I'm going to retire a star? Here's the other thing, though. Does he have to retire with the team? Doesn't like, everybody? Not necessarily. Well, dude, I mean, Nabby, what, what, the Sharks traded future considerations to Tampa to get him, right? Yeah, but yeah, but he <laughs> Nabby also retired like well after he was done playing. Like, like, let's just say. You're not right? saying that Pavelski is going to be well after done playing? <laughs> he's no, he's going to be 30 fucking nine. No, but what I'm saying is, so let's say, let's just say next year Pavelski's is, is Pavelski's last year, right? So, okay. okay. Based on stats, I wouldn't bet on it, but yeah, no, go ahead. No, I, I wouldn't either, but let's just say for argument's sake. So, next season ends, and he's like, you know what? I'm done. I retire. Okay. Then, then that's then that's it. There's no sign the one day contract, come back and kiss babies. No, you're just done. You know what I mean? Like no, the, but but every player has that option to sign that one day deal. But 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 again, option. Like, you know what I mean? Like just no, it, I don't explain. But, it. I'm trying to figure it out. What are you talking about? But why? But again, Pavelski doesn't. First of all. There, there are so many guys every day who retire, and you don't hear anything about it because they just go away. But also, yeah, but we don't talk about those. We talk about the San Jose Sharks here, right? So we're sure. clearly going to be talking. Whatever happens with if he fucking, you know, just fades off into the sunset, doesn't announce a retirement, doesn't announce a team, it just says. Yeah, after uh, next year's contract, he just says, no, I'm not signing with anybody. I'm done. And just like walks off into the sunset. Okay, fine. I think that's the most likely route because you, like, no. we know about, okay, so we know, like, we've watched Pavelski for so long. He's not the, he's not the, the theatrics guy. You know what no, I mean? No, not at all. He'll but, do, he'll do but, a post on Instagram and say, thank you to my family. My career was awesome. No, he Goodbye. won't do a post. He will tell his social media team to do a post. Right. But I want to get to Ryan's point here in the chat real quick. Pavs might still feel a bit slighted by the Sharks. I completely agree with that. As I go back to the way he reacted on his front porch, it felt like he was slighted. Like you can't fight. You can sign Kane. You can sign this dude. You can do this. After all that I've done for this team, you can't give me one more year. Okay, but here, here to be the contrarian, 
that was almost four years ago. If he's still upset about it, then he's a big baby and needs to move I'm not, on. I'm not saying, ah, dude. Okay, no, no. Th- no think no, no. about the girl that broke your heart. Why I'm getting married in two months? Why would I think about? But that? But you know what I'm saying. I don't know that I do. <laughs> okay, all right, hold on. <laughs> I've had my heart broken before, and I don't think about that person. <laughs> it's 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 not that you don't th- or that you think about them or that you spend any time of your day here. Perfect example. As I oh wait for it. There it is. Okay. So. There, there are only I, I'm I've been lucky in the fact that there are like maybe like two girls that really twisted me the wrong way. Sure. And I will tell you this. Uh, one of them, we ended up working it out down the line, and we're fine today. The other one, if they were standing in front of me, uh, <laughs> in in open traffic my foot accidentally might hit the gas full bore. Hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's just it, like, we, mean, we, we had some game. good times, but the way that it ended, and this is, you know, decades ago, that if the opportunity came that I could screw that person in some way, shape or form, I like, would I go out of my, and, and Pavelski, I don't, it's not like he's going out of his way to do something, but it's like, if the opportunity go like, Hey, you know, AJ, if you did this, this would really help this person. I'd be like, yeah, it would not going to. So like for the sharks, I, you know, it could be, Hey Joe, it would really help out the, the San Jose franchise. Cause a lot of fans in San Jose that love you. It would be great if you came back for, you know, signed a one-year deal or a one-day deal and retired a shark and we did the whole pomp and circumstance and we did the whole Pavelski night. It would really help things out. If I'm Joe Pavelski, you know, I'm not saying he's like this, but based on everything that happened, if I'm Pavelski, I might be very much inclined to go, no, that's cool. I'm good. I'm going to retire a star. Okay, but there's a, there's a difference between being uninterested in something and being a petty baby about it. And I'm and I don't want you to get it sideways. But, but I'm isn't everybody? But isn't anybody who if if the shark if it's made public that the sharks extend that invitation and he declines it, isn't there going to be a, a, a amount of social media dumbasses who infer that that oh Pavelski oh, just sh- being a baby. No, but oh, of of course there is. Okay, but uh, but again, but what I'm saying is like if you're you know to use your example, right? Like I've been in a relationship before that ended really really poorly, right? And you know, do I wish to associate with that person and and have a dialogue there? No, not really. But you did, you, also, you just proved my point. No, no, I didn't because I also don't want to run them over in the middle of the road either. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not going out of my way to run them over. I'm just saying that if I happen to be driving down that particular street and they happen to be in front of my vehicle, would I go out of my way to hit the brake? We're not sure. I'm just saying if I ran <laughs> if I ran into that person, I would say, hey, it's good to see you. Hope your life is good. And then just move on. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's the well, same well, kind of, I, I probably took the... Uh, <laughs> You know, euphemisms to the extreme. My point being is that I don't know that the based on how everything happened at the end with Pavelski, I don't know that the Sharks gave him any motivation, desire whatsoever that when all is said and done, 
to retire as a shark? Here's here here's what I'll say. If it comes up, right? Hey, Pavs, great career. Would you like to retire as a shark? If he says, you know, no, I you know I had I won a Stanley Cup in Dallas. I had some memorable years. I would rather retire there. Hey, whatever, man. Good for you. Well, it comes down More if he wins a cup. You. But okay, but let's just say, even if he doesn't, you know what? I had a lot of memorable years in Dallas. I enjoyed it there. I would like to retire there. Hey, no problem. Good for you. I'm glad that you're happy. But if he comes out and he says, after you never gave me that third year, well, I don't want to go to never, San Jose. Okay, but that's but that's what but uh, but you and a lot of these people in this chat are are wondering if he feels if he still feels slighted by the sharks. And what I'm saying is that if you still like you can not want to associate with somebody while also not letting the issue that caused strife bother you. I get you. I get what you're saying. But I I still go back to the idea of that's a team that drafted you. Okay. Te- you know, the, a team that helped put you together, helped make you the player that you are. And then, okay, yeah, there was this issue where things, things didn't go the way that ho- you perhaps hoped they did, and so you ended up on another team, blah, blah, blah. And you only played with that other team for half the amount of time, and the results were the same. No cup at the end of it. This is me, you know, uh, just saying. Sure. Hypothetically, this, the, the Stars don't win the cup this year or next year. So at the end of the day, it's like, if the results are largely the same, even though you spent twice as much time with another franchise, what was the captain of that franchise? I don't know. I'm just this. Is, this is one of those things. Let's just can we just agree on this? Let's just stick a pin on this and come back to this once Pavelski is retired and let's see what happens. I mean, we can do that, but I mean, you're, <laughs> I, I, you're going to be disappointed when we have that conversation because ultimately, cup, no cup, every cup, whatever. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? No, you like, don't he, care. See, that's no, the whole thing. Sometimes with you, and I don't, and I'm, I'm not trying to like call you out in front of everybody, but there is an occasional time where you, you, because you don't care, you think nobody else cares. Whereas no. there might be a whole other group of people in the chat or that are listening and the listening audience are going, hey, jerk, I actually do kind of care about this. Well, then why don't you talk to those people? Because they don't have a microphone. No, but but do you know what I'm saying? Like when I like when I say like when I say I don't care, it's like because whatever. Like I I'm not gonna feel me personally. I'm not gonna feel strongly one way or the other. So it's not something I feel compelled to have a dialogue on it because it doesn't affect me. But if somebody else wanted to, then that's great, okay. and I and I invite them to do so. All you right. Know what I mean? So when okay when when Pavs retires, whether it's one way or the other, I'll have somebody else on as a guest that night. <laughs> Well, you can have me on. I mean, you have to have the contrarian on, right? <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that band button works real good. Or was that you? That was me. Oh, well then, shit. What are you going to no, do? No, it was you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Give you the glory. <laughs> oh, fuck no, you. Whoopsie! Cut them right I mean, off. If, if you want to, I'll I'll put a comment in there if you want to ban. I don't fine. give a shit. <laughs> uh, it was uh, okay. Watch this, like Barracuda in ninety seconds. Hey now, uh, Cuda played three this week, looking to stop a four-game streak. They are still looking to end that four-game losing streak because now it's at seven. But goddamn, 
Those steel jerseys look so sweet. Despite outshooting Bakersfield, the Cuda lose 5-1. to one. Bordalo with the lone goal for the Barracuda. Strauss man got lit the hell up like a Roman candle. Coachella, it went completely sideways. Two games outscored 8-1 to one across both. 4-0, 4-1. Ah, uh, again, Bordalo, the only goal. Bordalo was the only shining spot for the Barracuda, which, of course, begs the question. <laughs> Happens a lot. Yeah, makes you wonder. I wonder why the Sharks won't bring him up. But anyway, the Cuda will play this coming week. Jerk mentioned it earlier facing Henderson, but also against Ontario. And then, oh, yay, Coachella yet again. Cuda now 13, 18, and one, or I should say, oh, and one, falling to seventh in the Pacific Division. It's just a shit. So I don't understand what the fuck has happened with the Barracuda. It has just gone right down the toilet, and <laughs> we're we're gonna uh, look at getting Ian Reed in here in the next show or two to hopefully dive into that for a few minutes because it's just gotten horrific. Well, and and, and you know, it's like you mentioned, Ian, like he got awful. <laughs> The thing that he always points out is how brutal the defense is. Like, literally everything is brutal. The f- the defense is brutal. The special teams are brutal. It's just like uh, people are already calling for Johnny Mack to get the fucking hook. I mean, they're, they're tired of the line deployments. They're tired of the matches on defense. That It's just, what the hell happened to the team that started the season 4-0? And is just, and, and you would think, look, Gushkin... Eklund, Bordalo, these aren't horrible names. Strauss Mann. having a good year. Dude, Strauss Mann has had good showings. McInerney's had good showings. I think Merkley, like, leads the defense in points. Like, there is some talent on this team, but for whatever goddamn reason, they're getting shellacked. Again, 5-1, Clearly, they can't score enough, and they can't keep the biscuit out of their own net. Well, I think, I mean, the, to me, I look at it, right, like, it, it seems like it all comes down to team defense, right? I mean, as it... What's that? You know, right. I mean, Chichek has been up and down, but when he's been down with the Barracuda, you know, obviously, offensively on the side of things, he obviously hasn't been as good as he was last year. Um but even and and you know Santori Hataka is hurt, which as we know he's oh, the lynch he's the linchpin down there. But it, it just seems like as a whole, team defense is not very, you know, it's sort of optional as you pointed out. And <laughs> I want to yeah, I want to see what happens know. over the you know between now and the, and the start of the Sharks next season. How does things shape up for Hataka, a, a player called Hataka, <laughs> and then Kanijov? I'm I'm dying to see how that is going to work with the Sharks because isn't Benning didn't he sign a four year deal? Yep. Yeah. So it makes me wonder like how all of that's going to work. Plus, you still have the the Merkley monkey wrench to try to finagle up in there. Uh, Sleepy Mofo asking thoughts on Merkley getting benched. Is he done in San Jose after this year? I can't remember if it was an article or a podcast that somebody else asked that same question. I. I, I would take another flyer on Merkley. Like, am I am I signing him to three years? No. I'm going to sit there and say, look, I'm going to give you one more year to try to put it together. Well, here's the thing. So we've... It, I mean, he's what, 22? 
Uh, Merkley is, yeah, 22. And, and we all know defensemen marinate at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. Offensive so, defensemen at that. Right? So that's why I'm kind of like, maybe I give him like a, a two. What's what's his deal right now? What's he making? Like even a million? No, he's, I believe he's still on his entry-level deal. So he's only. Oh, so that, that yeah, changes so things a little bit. He's only, yeah, he's under oh, 963. Yeah, 863. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, what a two-year like I'll give you a million a year over the next two years and like you fig- could, figure you could, it out. You could get away with giving him much less. I mean, his qualifying offer is not even over nine hundred thousand. You know. Oh, what I mean? then okay, so fine. It's like nine fifty next two years, if that. Yeah, I was just okay. Fuck nine hundred, whatever. It's just nine hundred <laughs> this year, nine hundred next year. We're gonna keep you on and. To be honest, if he hasn't broken through by now, he's probably got to be a little nervous. So maybe he says, "Hey, you know what? Nine hundred sounds really good." Right. Uh, you know, it depends on if it, see does some other team pull the Suomela for Barabanov deal, and somebody else goes, "You know what? San Jose just not using him correctly. Watch this." Well, and so here's here's the thing. Going back to the question of should Merkley, you know, is Merkley done in San Jose? Should he be traded? Here's the thing. We've had discussions. Um, we've had discussions about why Bordalo and Eklund are not in the NHL. There's just too many bodies. They would have to unseat four forwards to even crack the lineup. Not likely until the trade deadline at the earliest. With Merkley, however, just <laughs> that because fucking guy. For I mean, for one, you know, Shimmick has been hurt. Harrington has been hurt. You know, Megna has been in and out. I mean, at least to start the season, he was in and out. There's there, you know, if you sort of bob and weave the right way, Merkley can get into this lineup. You know, it's not it's not like Bordalo and Eklund where they need to unseat four guys just to have a chance. Merkley (laughs) can Merkley can get into this lineup very easy. Oh, dude, like no lube required. And the the fact that he hasn't leads me to believe that maybe the powers that be aren't quite impressed with him, at least right now. Oh, see, it leads me to believe that Greer is just kind of like, nope, fucking Chinese wall. We're going to keep the youth, the, you know, the talent and the youth that we have. We're going to keep that down there. We want to change the culture up here, blah, blah, blah. That's... That's just my personal opinion. I don't know. And, and, that's, then, not and a, then, that's not a bad thing, though. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think it's a uh, a valid uh, option, if you will. Um, and then, but the whole thing that cracks me up is Kevin Lacey's like, oh my God, let me on the show. Uh, dude, you have to be on Skype and I would have just brought you on. Um, so you have, to make you, you have to make yourself available, Kevin. <laughs> But it is, uh, God, Jesus. I was, I totally came into the to tonight thinking 90 minutes. We're over two hours. Well, we had to talk about Pavelski, so. Uh, well, absolutely we had to. Uh, but you know how we're going to get out of this quick? No tweet of the week. No giveaway. <laughs> so, coming up this week, the Sharks, it's a very light schedule. Four straight days off before playing at Anaheim on Friday, then hosting the Bruins on Saturday. But remember, enjoy that Winter Classic tomorrow at Fenway. I'm sure at some point you're going to hear a few thousand fans chant, Yankees suck. That was so stupid. Uh, Yeah, but you know what? Have you ever seen a game in Boston? 
I've never been to the East Coast. So, okay, no. dude. That's well, <laughs> then you'll know. Right. <laughs> But remember to check out the post-game cast following both of those games with either Puck Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark, or Kevin. Who knows who's going to be on there? It is literally the Russian roulette, the craps table, if you will, of hosts. So you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk on Twitter. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Leave your take in the comment section of this video below if you were not able to join us live for those of you who made your donations, whether it was Venmo or Super Chat, we thank you so much for that. It's always awesome to keep this cast commercial free. You can find links to our social media podcast apps and more in the show notes below. And you can find everything on TealTownUSA.com. If you want to join the Discord party room, that shit is next level. Hockey Jerk got your invite at hockey underscore jerk on the Twitter machine. Party room. <laughs> oh, dude. It's the party room. It's the it's the VIP. It's the champagne room. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, Jerk, I will give you uh, a couple minutes to uh, get it out. A couple minutes? Oh, okay. A couple seconds. <laughs> get it out. couple seconds. Tomorrow is the last day of my vacation, so I'm going to go and try and soak up as much enjoyment as I can. Soak it up. Sharks suck but we all knew that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, I mean, four days off. I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with myself this week, but it's not going to be hockey related. So cheers to that. Uh, Ayuk. Dude. So Ayuk. Good. So good. Dude. Bosa. Well, and I feel CMC, like. CMC. Big cock Brock. Tebow. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was very happy to see I was very happy to see Ayuk get in on it today because I feel like ever ever since Brock has been starting it's kind of felt like he's been looking Ayuk off a little bit yeah so yeah, I, was, you're so right. I was, hap I was happy to see him get in on it oh dude but they even said like Kittle is his binky that's a safety <laughs> yeah. blanket baby which dude, I mean it would that, be mine all, I was gonna say <laughs> and he's been very good so that's not a that's not a bad thing yeah so if anything uh, next Sunday. Uh, we're going to be talking, huge. obviously, about Anna. Huge. It's going to be huge. So, uh, we're going to be talking Ducks and Bruins. But, uh, hey, will we maybe, like, I don't know, chew some fat on some 49ers Cardinals? We don't know. Might have to. Dude, we never, uh, honestly, you ask Jerk right now, does he have any idea about what I'm going to talk about? No. When, until it's about five minutes before we start, he has no clue. <laughs> If that, I usually just wait for it to come out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, because that's what's most fun. Yeah. <laughs> so we thank you so much for joining us, listening, watching, hanging out with us, whatever it is. We will see you next Sunday at our regular time, 7 p.m. None of this after dark takeover crap. <laughs> next Sunday, 7 p.m. So have a fun, safe new year. And until next time. <laughs>